0: Randy and I'm Claire, and you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. <laughs> Are you ready for the blood test results? Yes, I am ready for the blood test results. Let's do it. Okay, drum roll, please. Russell Buchanan, the last man to see Angela alive besides her boyfriend, is a non-secreter. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> So, yes, they're like, what are the chances of that? <laughs> interesting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you fled. And to... you literally <laughs> just told us
0: you left, town you left
1: town the next day. But then he came back, which is interesting. Really? really I would have left the
0: country. Huh. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the other thing is that he doesn't have an alibi for, the, for those hours after Angela dropped him off, which is, like, understandable because he right. just went to sleep. He, supposedly, yeah. But, hmm, okay. I mean, like...
1: Sleep is hard to cooperate when you're sleeping alone, you know? That's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: so what's the next step? Everyone's favorite. A polygraph. Ugh. God. So polygraph examinations are not admissible in court, but they're still very heavily used in investigations because they're really hard to cheat. Like you have to be like a sociopath with no emotions. Yeah. So it's not like they're it's not like they're pseudoscience. Fully, like they're still going to be pretty telling, and they're going to move an investigation along, but right. they're they're just not evidence of guilt. So they give Russell a polygraph exam, and the police are certain that he won't pass it because they're like, "You're,
1: you're our guy, the
0: murderer." Yeah, but he does. Interesting. And
1: <laughs> I think like a psychopath, <laughs> yeah. sociopath, sociopath. Yes. My apologies.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. Mm. Don't really know what to think about that. Yeah, no, me neither. So around the same time that he passes the polygraph, Angela's best friend, Sheila Waisaki, asks the police what she can do to help. So Sheila and Angie met during their freshman year at SMU. They were roommates in the dorms. And although they had sort of different personalities, they clicked immediately and remained best friends even after moving off of campus into separate apartments. Gotcha. On the weekend of the Red River Showdown, Sheila was at home with her family. So that's why she wasn't out with Angela. Otherwise, she probably would have been because they were best friends. So Angela's sorority sister actually called Sheila at her home the next day to tell her about Angela's murder. And she did not take it well, obviously. obviously her best not. friends, like, brutally murdered. This news definitely. Upset Angela, but more so it like lit a fire under her to do something about it. She was like, I can't sit still. Like, I need to do something kind of thing.
1: This is what would happen if one of us got murdered. I know. It really would. This would be what would happen. It really would. We would both be like boiling with Mm -hmm. hatred. Yeah. I'd I'd be
0: pretty mad. We would figure it out. Yep. Cover it on the (laughs) podcast. Yes. No, I'm just no. We always joke over. about that, though. <laughs> yeah, like, if like one of us is doing Don't something be dangerous because then I'll
1: have to cover yeah. your murder on the
0: podcast. <laughs> um, yes, so Angela, I mean Sheila, definitely feeling that way, and she offers to do whatever she can do to help. Does Anita also kind of tag along with this? No, or Anita's just... not her best friend. Okay, Anita's just one of her friends that mm, went like out. Like they're okay. good friends, like close friends, but mm-hmm. Angela and Sheila are like two peas in a pod. Gotcha. So the police ask Sheila if she would wear a wire and go to dinner with Russell and see if his story changes at all because they got like a past polygraph. But they tell Sheila that he failed the polygraph to convince her more that he's the guy Mm. because they're so convinced he's the guy that they're like, it doesn't matter. He's the guy. Like, well, right. It, well, she doesn't need to know.
1: Right. Which is, like, a similar situation with Tim Masters already kind of, like, putting the guilt on him when they don't have enough evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they should have lied to her about that. But I understand. But I yeah. don't think it's right to do that.
0: Right. So, I agree. Um, but they do it anyways. And she's very convinced, based on what they've said, that Russell's the guy. So, she goes to dinner with him. And she... Even rides in his car with him to dinner. Like she's like so good at this like undercover thing. Yes. Well, she, she's dedicated, obviously. She is. She's a lady on a mission. Yes, she has a little vendetta. Yeah. Absolutely. So they go to a dinner at this place called August Moon, and she never blows her cover. Like she's oh, so yes. good. My acting queen. I yes. love it. But Russell's story never changes. <laughs> he of course it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't even veer a little bit from the facts. So they're stuck in their investigation, but they know that he did it, apparently. They just
1: really know he did it. <laughs> they have some sort of magic intuition to well, prove I, it. I think it was the
0: blood thing because they were like... That's also true. That's a really damning piece of um, of information. Yeah. So, and yeah. the fact that he was just like the last guy to see her other than Ben. Mm-hmm. And so... she spe- did she specifically say there's a guy in my apartment? Yeah, she said there's a guy or there's a man in my apartment. She didn't specify, but I don't think Ben and Russell knew each other. So that wouldn't be odd that she didn't right. say Russell's in my apartment. Right. But at the same
1: time, I don't know. I mean, like, I can't put myself in that place. So I don't know why she would have not mentioned his name. But I know for sure if I knew somebody and they came into my apartment and they were making me uncomfortable, I would, if I did the phone call stuff, Mm -hmm. I would tell the person on the other end of the line, oh, yeah, I'm just here with yada yada. Right. So. But.
0: What if you don't know? What if they're a stranger? What if they're a stranger and screwed. what if Russell
1: isn't our
0: killer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Well, that thought never crosses the Dallas Police Department's mind. Of course minds. it doesn't. They're like, it's Russell. And so now that they're like stuck, they're like, well, crap, we have to act really quickly because Russell was actually planning to leave the country. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, but before okay, you okay. freak out. All right. I will He okay. was... Um, going to attend graduate school in London. So it was like a pre-made situation. Like it wasn't super weird. It wasn't like, oh, I bought this ticket a week ago. Yeah. Okay. So since they're like, crap, 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 we (laughs) got to do something. (laughs) Pick up the pace. They bring him in for questioning again. And they essentially like attack him with their questioning. They do a really aggressive interrogation. um, And it gets pretty heated. So for the first time in this whole ordeal... Russell asks for a lawyer, which I think you should always do because just to tell you if you didn't know, police will take advantage of your rights if no one's looking out for them. So his police or his attorney calls and is like, charge my client or let him go, which Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're just like a random person. Um, Well, you might. But like in the heat of the moment, you just like you you don't know. You are not
1: required to be there. Unless they have put you under arrest, you have the right to leave.
0: Well, they have a time limit, but that time limit had passed. Right. So exactly. Because was so a were couple like, days him, later. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to. So Russell pieces out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is scary. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and shortly after, he leaves for school. Yeah. And the Dallas Police Department basically end up saying, like, we know who did it, but we can't officially pin it on him. And now he's in London. So they kind of just leave it at that because they can't really do anything else. Yeah, he's in London. Yeah. And they also kind of don't look at anyone else because they're so certain in their minds that it's him. Huh. And they kind of just... Sounds familiar.
1: Yep. <laughs> Sorry. i <laughs> just so frustrating. Okay. No, okay.
0: And they just let it go cold. So they leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know who can't just leave it at that? Ben? No. Nope. Her friend. Yes. Yes. Sheila. Yes. And her Sheila, awesome yes. friendship vibes. Yes. She's like, nope, can't let this go. So before she gets this like super aggressive desire to like do anything about it, she kind of goes through this phase where she's really upset, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she also thinks Russell did it because they lied to her about the polygraph. And she's just really mad that there's no justice. So, Sheila drops out of college because she just can't deal with it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, like, imagine going to class if, like, your best friend had just been stabbed 18 times and being, like, succeeding in school. Would you drop out of law school if I got murdered? Probably. Thanks.
1: Well, I mean, like, (laughs) if
0: you're, like, in the middle of a semester, like, how are you going
1: to... How are you going to focus on that stuff? Yeah. I would be so upset. I would have to like, upset. get over it before. Not yeah. Get o- I would
0: never get over your murder. No, thank you. But I would you. have to like <laughs> let it simmer down in my yes heart. <laughs> you know, take a couple days. Yes. <laughs> take a maybe or like a, a year. semester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be a
1: while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a that's a lot to it deal is. with. It is. So she does that and mm-hmm. then moves back home and then she gets married in 1988 and she moves in with her husband in Tennessee. Um, well, I said that weird. She moves with her husband to, to Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> he's not he's not in Tennessee this whole time. And they have two sons. They have like a normal life. Right. Um And she tries to move on, but she never really does. Like sure. she is. It appears that she's moving on, but it's always in the back of her mind. And I can't blame her. Like it's not like Angela died in a car crash. No. You know, it's a really gruesome murder, and I don't think you would ever be able to forget that. No. I feel like it would be I feel like I would think of it every day. Oh,
1: yeah. I would. I mean, like, especially because she was so such a good person, like we had been mentioning before and then pointless murder and such a gruesome murder. And then it was covered so heavily by the media. So that imprints on your mind. Um, so, yeah, I can only imagine what, what that would be like for her. And uh, I would never let something like that go ever. It would no. always be there. And on top of it, she thinks she knows who
0: did it. So, like, yes. that's just, like... Oh, yeah. And they just can't do they anything about totally it.
1: totally milked that point. Right. So, the fact that he's off living his life, and she's like, but you killed
0: my friend. I would be so mad. Yeah. She's not okay with it. No. And... But she tries to move on, and it's just kind of in the back of her mind. And then, um, in 2004, so, like, 20 years later, mm-hmm. something happens that changes Sheila's life forever. Oh, Okay. Okay. So, she's chilling in bed just like reading the Bible. She's doing Bible study. Cool. But it's kind of funny cuz I was reading this article and she was like, "I'm dyslexic, so the Bible's like super hard to read for me." And so she was like, <laughs> I can only imagine. It's like tiny little print. So she yes. was like, I was kind of laying in bed frustrated. Yes. Um, and then, that sucks, yeah. And then she looks up. And Angela is standing at the front of her bed. Nope. No, thank you. And, but it's like, it's not a creepy thing. It's like a positive thing. It's, it's like, like an apparition. Yeah. Sorta. And she's smiling. oh And she doesn't say anything to Angela, but like Angela knew why she was there. And no, no. Angela was standing there and then. Oh, yeah. Sheila. Sheila knew n- that she, why she was yes, there. Okay. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Switch the names. And so Sheila said that like, she just knew that that the reason that happened is because there was something more to be done on her case. Like, that's what she felt this whole thingy was for. Yeah.
1: And I totally believe her in that. Yeah. I mean, like, I know that's weird to say I believe in ghosts. but No, that's not weird. But, like, you know. Ghosts or, like, even. Or creepy dreams or just sort of something. Yeah. I get that.
0: Yeah, and she doesn't even know what it was. She's like, was it a hallucination? Was like I Like a premonition? Something? What was it? Yeah. So um, she doesn't know, but she does know that it like really recharged that fire that she had in her at sure. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So she closes her Bible <laughs> and she picks up the phone that second, like yes. right when this happens uh-huh. and calls the Dallas Police Department and is like, let's do something like mm-hmm. that night she could not wait till morning do it and so they blow her off because police are (laughs) annoying (laughs) and she's like great but Sheila is no pushover no so she calls back the next day Mm -hmm. and the next day and the next day absolutely and she calls them more than 700 times in the period of about a year oh my gosh yeah, That's she's like, someone's gonna listen to me. Yes, I would just get annoyed if I was someone at that police
1: station and be like, oh god, I mean, well, I
0: think <laughs> if you were annoyed, then maybe you would do something.
1: Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, you know what, maybe I'll look into it. Maybe I'll so see that what's you'll going stop on. calling
0: me. And also, this is like kind of before um, cold case units, which are really rare as is, but it was also like before that at right. the same time. Yeah. So they were like, why is this lady calling us? Like, why does she care like, about this? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she calls them and asks repeatedly to get the DNA tested because by now, the OJ trial has happened and mm-hmm. she remembers sitting and watching the OJ trial and going like, wow, there's hope for Angela's case because yeah. DNA. And they had collected samples,
1: obviously. Yeah. She, so that's
0: really cool. Yeah. So she asks like all the time, like, just test the DNA. Like, She's asking really reasonable things, but everyone blows her off. So, Sheila is over the Dallas Police Department. (laughs) I would be, too. And she thinks to herself something that you said to me literally the other day in conversation. She thinks, if you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself. yourself." (laughs) That's what I live by. (laughs) Yes. So, she does. And she becomes a private investigator. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So she gets sponsored by a security guard that she knew and she studies her butt off for Mm -hmm. this exam, passes it, gets her PI license. And now she can gain access to all those records that she wasn't allowed to have. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, when she calls the Dallas police department, she's no longer just some random lady. She is a Private investigator, and they have to listen to her. Yes, and they also have to hand over.
1: Do they have access to actual DNA and other physical types of evidence? In P, addition, like PIs, yeah,
0: they no. So you can't okay, just yeah, like, I don't know anything. You can't about just that. be like, give me the DNA. Of course not. Yeah, but there's like a level of respect towards a PI that's not granted towards like a random citizen. Uh-huh. So when someone asks, like I'm investigating this case, can we like get this tested? It's you know, like more considered. Gotcha. So Sheila places her one millionth call, I'm <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, like 700 something yeah, call right? to the Dallas police. And this time she's a PI, so she gets taken seriously. And a detective named Linda Crumb answers. And Sheila says, I know that you scraped her fingernails, I know that there's semen, so I know that there's DNA can we get this tested? What do I need to do? And they're like, okay, we can't give it to you. Like, like I was just saying a second ago, it's not like they're like, here's all the evidence, Mm -hmm. but she just happened to get the right lady on the phone. I think this, this lady like cared about the case and she says like, I'm going to see what we can do. So before I tell you what happens, I'm going to end part two (laughs) and in part three, we'll have some fun DNA parties. I don't know. (laughs) feelings (laughs) so thanks Thanks for listening listening. Bye. bye